Hey, welcome back to the Claim the Stage podcast. I'm Angela Lucier. I am your host. I'm also a speaker, an author, and the CEO and founder of the Speaker Sisterhood, a network of public speaking clubs for women. And this month, we just released our new badass curriculum. It is so amazing. And I, I just have to say, I'm so in love with it that I actually just joined the Speaker Sisterhood as a member. <laughs> I am the newest member of the Speaker Sisterhood because I really want to go through it and do all the exercises we created because it is so fun. It's like probably the most exciting thing I've ever created and I can't wait for more women to check it out. So if you're listening right now in Massachusetts or Connecticut and you're, you've been curious about what we're doing, you should definitely check out a club. We also have clubs in Pennsylvania and Portland, Maine and one launching in New Zealand, but we have a lot of clubs around Massachusetts and one new club in Connecticut. And you should definitely come and just see like what the heck is going on here. And we're launching more clubs. So if you want to start your own club, definitely contact me and find out what that looks like. We'll be expanding more soon, but right now we're trying to kind of wrangle everybody close, close by so that we can <laughs> keep a handle on our growth because everything's happening really quickly and it's very exciting. So on today's episode of Claim the Stage, which by the way, is a podcast for women who are interested in discovering, awakening, and creating their voice through the art of public speaking. And on today's episode, you're going to get the opportunity to learn about how to build your brand as a speaker using an amazing free tool called Facebook Live. And what's exciting about this episode is that we recorded it using Facebook Live. It's very meta. And there's a point during the interview where we actually take a live question and you know we comment on some of the people who are watching the video as we're recording it. So if you'd like to see what it looks like when I'm recording these interviews, see Into the Glitter Closet and watch it happening live, send me a friend request on Facebook. Just Google, or not Google, but put my, my name into the search bar and you'll you'll find me there. There's a picture of me holding a giant poster-sized cover of the new curriculum, The Secret Life of Speaking Up. So <laughs> when you see that, just hit add friend. <laughs> um, also, I think in an upcoming episode, I will be doing a tour of the glitter closet, which since it's a closet, it will probably be pretty short, but there is a lot in here. So I'll, you'll get to see for the first time ever all of the things that I see when I'm recording these episodes. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get into today's interview with Brad Powell, who is an amazing videographer. He has tons of experience using social media, telling stories and getting people out there. We're going to talk about how to get over the fear of using Facebook Live, the technology you need to use or not use the frequency to post your content, what to say when you're on Facebook Live, and so, so, so much more. So I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And afterwards, think about posting your first Facebook Live video or your next Facebook Live video using what you learned. All right, here we go. Okay, welcome, everyone, to today's podcast interview, also known as a Facebook Live interview from the Glitter Closet. Coming at you live. It's about 120 degrees in here right now, <laughs> but I can't abandon the Glitter Closet. <laughs> so today I have a really special guest. His name is 
Brad Powell, and I want to tell you a little bit about him before we jump into the interview. Brad Powell is a video marketing coach and live videographer who teaches entrepreneurs how easy it is to create engaging video campaigns with just a smartphone and good storytelling. Brad inspires entrepreneurs to find everyday moments that make great marketing, and he's dedicated to helping small businesses get over the limiting belief that video marketing is too daunting. We hear that all the time. So the focus of today's interview is how to use Facebook Live to build your brand if you're a speaker or if you're an entrepreneur. So Brad, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. So happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, um, I've already learned so much from you. You and I met in Boston a couple months ago when I spoke at the Boston Speaks panel, and you did such a great job not only shooting that event, but also getting the audience really psyched up beforehand and having everybody share the event on their page. And we had thousands of people watching it that day. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And so you've really figured out how to use Facebook Live to get the most out of this technology for your brand. Before mm -hmm. we jump into all the tips and tools you're going to share, how did you get into this kind of work? <laughs> well, that's a, uh, is nonlinear. <laughs> So I guess the most direct way that I can tell that story is that I was in the music business and my role there was that I was working with artists from all around the world. I was really working exclusively with what they call world music artists. Mm -hmm. I was traveling to music conferences in Europe and in Brazil and in other parts of the world where musicians would gather with their managers and their labels and showcase their work. And as I was doing this, uh, I was really, my job was to try and connect them via the internet to their audience. And I built a platform online to do this and so that they could show video and they could have their recordings. And what was happening was that you would have these media companies that would, like a radio show or even a television show that would show some of their music. And then the listeners or the viewers would hear about this really cool artist from someplace far away but there was no way at this time to find their music. This is like pre-iTunes. So I built this platform where if you heard like on NPR, a story about somebody like Oliver M. Tukudzi, who's from Zimbabwe, <laughs> and you happen to really like his music, you know, he's a guy who can fill a football stadium in, in Europe, but here in the United States, he's not very well known. And so now, you know, so I was connecting the dots of like, okay, you hear him on the radio. Now you can actually go online and find his music. And, and while I was doing that, none of these artists had any video. Like they, they did not have the wherewithal or the budget to make a music video the way American musicians, musicians were doing. So I would, you know, started bringing my camera and I would get up on stage and I would shoot, you know, a live performance of their, of their show. And then I would go backstage and interview them just like we're doing now. And I was making all this video and then licensing that to media companies that wanted this kind of material. And the amazing thing that happened, the sort of magic uh, moment <laughs> was that somewhere, and this is like around 2005 uh, in terms of like, this is just prior to YouTube becoming a thing and iTunes had just been born you know, sort of to put it in the context of internet history. And National Geographic decided they wanted to do something with music. And the first thing they did was they started talking to all these media companies that I was already partnered with, and I was already licensing my music with. And every single one of them said, oh, 
you should go call this guy named Brad <laughs> because he has all this material that you want and you're going to need because the only, you know, the only video of these particular artists, he's the one who's made them. And so right out of the blue, I get this call and, you know, from Washington, D.C. <laughs> it was National Geographic Entertainment. And, you know, they were doing, they were wanting to start producing radio and television for world music uh, for the first time. And so I ended up working with them for about six years, had a six year contract. And then like the doors opened everywhere I went, I was like the guy from National Geographic. And it was amazing. It was a huge, wonderful adventure. And um, of course, what happened was that the music industry has really changed. And I realized that what I was doing for these artists, which was basically helping them connect to their fan base, to their audience, that you know is their target audience they want to reach through video and through this medium and that i could do this for any uh anybody any any business person and basically a, a musician is another kind of entrepreneur and they need to market themselves the same way other entrepreneurs need to do that and <clears throat> as video has become less and less expensive and now with social media and with the advent of live video just like what we're doing now anyone can make a video and can immediately because of social media reach a very large audience and do it you know instantaneously and so this to me has been very exciting time uh, and yet i see that most people don't really understand how to use this medium particularly well yeah so it's it's now instead of going around and and bringing <laughs> the music of the world uh, to, you know, here in North America, I'm now bringing the, the message of, you know, so many wonderful, talented uh, entrepreneurs to the, the world of people who they can serve. Awesome. That's a great story. And I love that you just kind of kept rolling along and seeing who you could serve and how you could help them and how you could use your skills in different ways. I think that's what true entrepreneurs do. Yeah. And for, for all sure. the people who, yeah, for all the people who are watching right now, if you have a question for Brad, just post it on the Facebook live and I will ask it toward the end of the interview. And just want to give a shout out to everyone, Allison and Kit and Sandra and everyone else who's watching right now. This is awesome to have you here. So to start, let's just kind of get baseline with Facebook Live and branding. Why should entrepreneurs and speakers be thinking about using Facebook Live for their brand? Well, I would say the first thing to think thinking about is just that, you know, we all have this, this thing as on as an entrepreneur our job like this is the most basic marketing thing that we can think of is that you want to go out and talk enthusiastically about the thing you do to as many people as possible <laughs> that's sort of like you got to get out the door get you know out in the world and really share what you're up to and share your enthusiasm and share the reason why you're doing it um, so that you know, everyone you speak to is either somebody who you could be working with or they know someone who you could be working with. And this work, you know, video and particularly live video allows you to do this immediately um, and with a really large, like easily hundreds of people um, pretty much every time you go live. So, you know, just imagine what it can do for your business when here you are, <laughs> you daily, weekly, however often you choose to, 
you know, you get to speak enthusiastically and passionately about this thing that you're so excited about and that this sort of mission you're on in terms of serving people and solving a particular problem that they have and doing this, you know, again and again. So that this is a way for people, you know, to get to know you and to get to like you. And they really get an impression of the person who you are and whether or not you're a good fit. And they can do it all within just a few minutes of watching your video. And this can happen, you know, it's on, out there, it's 24 seven. You get to sort of make this version of yourself that can continue to be introducing you know, yourself and your work to anyone over, you know, over time. And it's, it's easy, like it, you know, we're talking zero budget <laughs> costs. You know, if you just <clears throat> use your phone and <clears throat> use the Facebook app, there's no money involved. And, uh, and yet the results are really, really, really large. Like it's one of the most effective things you can be doing right now. Well, I love that you're noting that the, the barrier to entry is low in terms of cost, mm -hmm. but there's another barrier to entry, which I think is the elephant in the room. And it's something that we both deal with in our <laughs> line of work. <laughs> and that's the fear of doing it. That's yes. getting in front of an audience, whether they're you know live in front of you or behind a screen. How do you get over that fear of turning the camera on and just hitting go and, and speaking in front of hundreds of people? Because I'm <laughs> asked this question all the time and I'm, I'm curious to know how you deal with it. Well, I think, you know, I'm going to tell a share a story about myself because, you know, people see me, you know, it's always like, oh, you're making all these videos and you're totally comfortable with it. And that's, that's totally cool. And, you know, like it's totally different from me, you know, they'll say. And, and it's actually the truth is, you know, we all have a degree of camera shyness and we all have a degree of not wanting to be seen um, or certainly not wanting to be exposed in a way that isn't very flattering. And, you know, th there's this big career fear of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do something. I'm really going to mess up and it's going to be out there on the internet and I'm never going to live it down. And, you know, and that's a real fear. And, you know, when I was, when I was really young, um, like really young, like say four years old, I had this ridiculously positive self-image and, and it was made up. It was not real which, in that I would see my hero at the time was this TV star, his Michael Landon who, you know, at the time that I was watching him, it was pre-Perry, or the, what is it, the Home on the Prairie show? The Little Home on the Prairie, that was it. And anyway, the show before that, that was the one that I watched, was called Bonanza. And he played the part of the youngest of three brothers, a guy named Little Joe. And Little Joe was a very cool dude. Like, he had a cowboy hat and rode a horse, and he could fight really well. <laughs> and he was really handsome, and I thought, and believe that I wanted to be like him and I, and I was like him. And uh, I had my own cowboy hat and I wanted to learn how to ride a horse and all that stuff. And in my house at the time, all the mirrors were like way up high. <laughs> so I never really got a strong impression of what I looked like at that age because <laughs> I couldn't see myself. I just, you know, so well, I just made it up. I'm, I'm like, I must be like Michael Landon because he's so cool. And so one day I climbed up like onto the bathtub in the bathroom and then I climbed from there up onto the bathroom sink above which there was a mirror so that I could stand on the sink and actually look at myself in the mirror and, you know, see what I really looked like. <laughs> and of course what I saw was this little tiny kid with a completely shaved head and this kind of squenched face and a giant high forehead and I was like, I don't look anything <laughs> like Michael Landon. <laughs> <laughs> and I went down into my kitchen 
know, where my mother was and tears in my eyes and I'm going, oh, I just look terrible. Like this is, a, this is a nightmare. You know, like I was very upset. And, <laughs> <laughs> and to her credit, you know, the solution that my mother provided was that she bought me my own mirror and she hung it up, you know, in my bedroom, right at my height. And it was a big, you know, mirror that I could see all of me. And <clears throat> what happened there was I could, you know, I got my reflection every single day as I got up and I would get dressed in front of the mirror and I got really used to that this is the way I look. And the reason, you know, that I'm sharing all of that is we now carry this kind of mirror in our pocket with us all the time. Everyone has one. And the way it works as a mirror is that you can open this up and, you know, people call them selfies. <laughs> but people are doing this practice of taking an image of themselves and sharing it pretty much, you know, every day. And if you go one step further and you turn on the video part and hit record, you don't necessarily have to share it with anyone else. But if you make a video recording and then hold this up and look at yourself on video, you will get a really good impression of how you show up. And the practice, like when we're talking about getting over how you look, like getting over yourself, the practice of making a short video recording and then looking at it and then putting it away, doing another one, <laughs> looking at it again, then putting it away. And then you can go back to early ones and realize that, oh, you know what? Those are pretty good. You know, I actually look a little better than I thought. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and then when you're really brave, if you then start sharing it on social media and you see the response that people will give you to your videos, which is generally going to be very positive. They'll give you the thumbs up. They'll say, oh, this is so awesome. Oh, thank you for going live. You know, whatever you're saying to them, they'll give you gratitude and acknowledgement <clears throat> for sharing whatever you're sharing. And you'll get all this positive feedback and you really will start realizing, oh, I can do this. In fact, people really appreciate me showing up. Yeah. And the real lesson that I think you get from this practice, and I think it really does take practice. It's like riding a bicycle. It's like learning how to play piano. You get much better by doing it with some regularity. And it's not really about you. The big lesson is that nobody really cares <laughs> about what you look like on the video. What they care about is what you have to offer. And if you simply show up as the person who you are and be genuine and not trying to be something else or trying to be Michael Landon or anything like that, just be who you are, uh, people will really, really appreciate that. And it's such a refreshing change. I mean, this is why I think live video is so powerful. First of all, you can't be perfect. Like it's not possible to do this perfectly because it's live. <laughs> and, As I demonstrated in my first three Facebook live videos last week. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, I mean, you know, like, and on and on, like live, like live television and reality TV, although reality TV is, is not hardly real. It's so popular because people have this thing of like, oh, we're going to see reality rather than something that is polished and not real. Yeah. And so this is where I think on, you know, on social media, on Facebook, um, you can go live and people, this is a different form of connecting with people. It's a different form of socializing where you're getting to see the real person. And 
you know, people think that, oh, I have to go live and I have to come up with all this great content and I have to do all these amazing things. And, you know, some of the things that you can do are simply showing your process or documenting what it is that you do or documenting, you know, the workspace that you have or just how things get done. And people really appreciate that too. Just, you know, take them behind the scenes and show them sort of how you do and how you come up with, like, where does your inspiration come from? Where does, you know, anything that you're doing come from? If you're doing anything, like if you're going out in the world and going to a conference or you go to a network event or you go to, you know, um, just downtown major city <laughs> somewhere that's an interesting place, <clears throat> you can share that experience with people. And it doesn't, yeah. and it can be actually your response or reaction to what's going on there. Yeah. And so, so your initial advice to just get used to seeing yourself on camera by making videos just that you look at and not the rest of the world is a great starting point. Mm -hmm. And I often share that same advice with public speakers to just watch it for yourself to see what you look like. Yep. And I remember the first time I watched a video of myself, I cried <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> it was terrifying to see myself the way the world sees me. But once you get over that initial <laughs> shock, it's like hearing yourself on the answering machine when you're a kid for the first time. That, that was also terrifying for me. Right. Once you get over that initial terror, <laughs> then it all of a sudden starts to feel normal and natural and like these ideas that you're sharing about behind the scenes and when you're out and about sharing some of those experiences I love that because it's it's easy to just get started but mm -hmm. what about if you want to create content like that's of, of value in a different way like advice and how to and like six ways to do this how would you determine what kind of content to share would you source that from your audience or where do you start yeah basically you want to ask people what they want to hear from you. <laughs> and again, like on social media, it's really easy to do. In fact, this is, you know, this is like one of the biggest errors that people make when they're doing video is they treat it like a broadcast. And live video wants to be much more of a conversation. So all the time you want to be soliciting comments and asking questions and getting response and replies from people and getting them to ask you questions so that you can be literally following their lead in terms of like, what are they looking for? What would they like to hear from me? And this is, you know, this is an ongoing continual thing. And the beauty of it is that it takes you off the hook of having to come up with, well, what am I going to say tomorrow? Because <laughs> if somebody asks you a really good question, well, that, that's what you want to talk about. You know, say, yeah. okay, well, I got this great question from this person and you want to call them out and by name and thank them for their great question and then answer it as, as best you can. Uh, it, it goes like that. And it, it, it's a, the, the cool thing is that you do have an audience with this medium and your audience literally will feed you. So we've and, talked about fear and we've talked about content. Now I want to talk about technology because you yeah. held up a phone earlier and said basically right. all you need is this and then you can go for it. I use this microphone because we're recording a podcast at the same time and I think this is important, but it's definitely not necessary for Facebook Live videos. Right. And I don't know if it's people just sort of looking for reasons not to do it by saying like, well, I need $10,000 worth of equipment, obviously. So how do, you, how do you deal with that barrier? Like what kind of technology is needed, if any? Well, it's, I mean, the, the thing that you want to use is the tool that you actually have. So like, for instance, right now, we're doing this Facebook Live using a couple of laptops and uh, this thing called Zoom. 
you know, which is, if people don't know it, it's like Skype, you can have a two-way phone call that has video. And this is really easy. And the, you know, if you own a laptop and it has a built-in video camera, then that is a tool that you can use to go live. And you can go to live right directly onto Facebook with your laptop. Facebook allows you to do that. So, you know, one answer could be open up your laptop <laughs> and use the camera that's in there. And the other part is like what I'm doing right now, I'm using my earbuds, which has a little microphone right here. And so this picks up my voice. And if I wanted to be really clever, you know, if I wasn't doing a two-way thing where I have to hear uh, the conversation going on, I can take this and hold it this way, just like that. There's my microphone. And then I can put it right over here where you can't see it. <laughs> and now I'm getting really good sound. Um, so I have my camera in the laptop, which is right up there. And I have my microphone here. And these are the tools that I need to go live right here. And I, anyone who has, um, in terms of this case, it's an Apple machine and you have earbuds, you're all set to go. Now you can pair these two things and do the same sort of uh, thing where I can plug my earbuds into my phone and I can take the microphone and put it right over here <laughs> out of the shot. And now I'm ready to go live and I get good visual and good audio. And <clears throat> I would say the more important part that people wanna consider when they're going live is beyond the like, what equipment do I use? Because really you can produce very nice looking video and nice sounding video just with what I just showed you. But you wanna also take into account your location because your location makes a huge difference over how your video will turn out and how it will appear. So like right now, I'm in a room that off in this direction has big, big windows and not direct sunlight, but sunlight where the sun is like over there somewhere. And so I have this great natural light coming in on my face. So it's lighting me up pretty well. And I have this background that's colorful, <laughs> but not very distracting. And great, that's really all I need. And I happen to be in um, a shared workspace called Work Bar here in Boston. And what, what the shared workspace allows me to do is have a good internet connection <laughs> and I can reserve a room like this anytime I want and just set up and do this. And it makes it really, really easy for me to do Facebook Live and, and be in a nice, very professional looking environment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and this is the kind of thing like, well, where, where should I go live? What should I do? And the, the, the part that you want to uh, be clear about is, well, what does this say about you? Like in terms of the, the location where you are, if you're in this really, if you live in a beautiful place, then go live from some beautiful part of where you live. Um, if you're in a really noisy place, then move somewhere where it's quiet, like say your closet <laughs> and, and on and on. Like uh, location is probably the, the biggest consideration of what you wanna be thinking about. Like what could I show people that would be really interesting sort of about me or about where I live or, any, or about what I'm doing today, for instance, because video is visual. And if you can show something as, as well as tell something, that's good. Like that's what you wanna be thinking about doing. All right, so we've covered fear and content and logistics and technical, the technical aspects. Now, how do we use Facebook Live to actually build our brand and build an audience? What are some of the 
the tools that help extend reach and get more people watching? Okay, well, I'll talk about two things. Um, one is that in the, in the conversation that you're having, the, the wonderful thing that happens, and this goes both for reach, like increasing the exposure that your videos have, as well as you connecting with the people who are watching. Now, if you make a video and it's over posted on YouTube, what's going to happen there mostly is that you'll get views and, the, and you'll see, oh, I got 100 views or I got 1,000 views or whatever that number is. And the trouble with that is that you don't know who any of those people are. But on Facebook, you know, you can see the number of people who have watched, that number is there. But the other thing that can happen is that people will comment on your video. Mm -hmm. So... You know, you can say anything to them while you're talking. I can say, well, if you've ever done a Facebook Live, in the comment down below, say, I've done it. And if you've been afraid of doing Facebook Live, said, write in the comments, I've been afraid. <laughs> and, and people will actually write. And any of you watching right now, you can go ahead and write. <laughs> and what happens there is that when they comment, it's like they've raised their hand and said, hey, I'm here. And you can actually see who they are, their name appears, their profile pictures appears, and you can, particularly after the video is done, during the replay time, you can reply to them. And you can continue the conversation. And the, you know, what I'm talking about here is you know, lead generation, that every time you go live, you'll have a number of people who have put a comment in, and you now know who they are. Mm -hmm. And if you take it one step further, where you say, well, here, I've got this great offer, you know, it's a free download or a free training. If you want it, don't tell them what the link is. <laughs> tell them to comment, I want this. Or tell them, like I have a free training that's going on this week that's called Go Live and Thrive. That's all about how to do this really well. And if people want it, they can write in the comments, Thrive. <laughs> and if they do that, I can respond to them by sending them the information on where that training is, and it's free. So this is a way for me to move people who are watching a live video into, first of all, my email list because they have to opt in to get the free training. And so now they're on my list and I can continue to nurture them through email marketing. And then also if they start showing up on my free training, great, we're having a longer time to get to know each other. And they could comment even more during the free training period. So that's one part of it. The other part is that when you have more comments on Facebook, Facebook rewards you. <laughs> they open up in their algorithm that, they, you know, the algorithm is looking at the video and saying, oh, this video is getting, you know, 10 comments. Great. <clears throat> it must be relevant to these people. People must really be appreciating this particular content. So they literally start letting that video be seen by more people. Oh. And you'll start expanding your reach in the moment while you're live. It's, it's quite remarkable. Like, we experienced this together when we were like the first time we met you were speaking at a kids event in Boston and I got up in front of the room and I had I forget there were let's say 60 people there and I asked everyone to share the live stream and I think we got something like 50 or 55 shares which was a lot you know, like it was most of the people in the room were willing to share and then several of them also commented so Facebook's robot algorithm looked at that live feed and said, wow, look at this. All these people are sharing this video. It must be really a good one. So they let a lot more people see it. And 
all of a sudden, during the time that we were live, we had 1,100 views, which is, you know, for a live, like live stream in the moment live, that's really, really good. You know, turning an audience of about 60 people into an audience of over a thousand, which is quite remarkable. Absolutely. And the way that you taught everyone to do that was really smart too, because you're like, all right, everyone grab your phone, go to Facebook, go to Awesome Video Makers, right. click on and you walked everyone through it. So it was really right. simple and you didn't right. just leave it to them to figure out. Right. So I think that's a part of it too, is making it less daunting and kind of sharing those steps so people feel like, oh, we're all doing this together. This is like a team effort. Right. I like right. that a lot. Right. So I want to talk about frequency. How okay. often should you be posting Facebook Live videos? Well, um, I would say you need to do it at least once a week. If, if you're not doing it once a week, you're not really there. And the reason I say that is because when you do post a video, it's only being seen by a portion of your audience. So, you know, you do one and some people see it and a bunch of other people who are following you will not see it. It won't even show in their feed. So if you're doing it once a week, then maybe once a month, most people who are following you will see one of your videos. You know, so you can put it in that context. It's like, well, if I want, if I want <laughs> people to see me once a month, I need to go four times a month. Now, if you want to see, be seen more often than that, obviously you need to go with greater regularity. I don't think there's any such thing as saturating. Like you could go daily and that would be fine for your audience because as I say, they wouldn't actually see your video every day. They just wouldn't get it. Unless they were diehard fans and they were constantly commenting on your videos, then they would, they would actually get it. Facebook would show it to the people who comment often because that's because they're saying, I want this. But for the passive part of your audience, They'll only see it, you know, a couple times a week at most. And if you're lucky, <laughs> they'll see it that often. So the thing, the challenge here and the opportunity is to, how do I get my message out to the people who are following me with some regularity? And, <laughs> and the answer to that question is, well, you want to go pretty often. And, um, and it doesn't have to be any big ordeal or burden necessarily. Um, as I was suggesting earlier, you can get the topic of the day from your audience or from something that happened just a couple days ago in terms of some question or comment. And there's that one question or comment can be the subject of your next video and that can keep going forward, you know, on a regular basis. The other thing that you can do is like what we're doing. Interview someone. Yeah. And interviews are fun. They're easy. They really are a conversation. And you're off the hook. Like all you have to do is show up and ask some good questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And let your, you know, your job is to help your guest look good. So do that. And it's great. Like it's, it's easy. And the other bonus is that your guest will share the video to all their people. Yeah. And so you get to get that additional reach and exposure to, to all the people that your guest uh, has following them. Mm -hmm. So I have a question from Facebook and I want to thank Sandra Costello for sharing the video right after you said that. Um, Scott Stoles is asking a question about putting videos on LinkedIn. Do you recommend doing that? And if so, what level of professionalism or how different should that video be on LinkedIn versus on Facebook? Yeah, that's a really good question, Scott. Um, so I would say 
this is this is the thing that I will say about that. Um, and this is actually another beauty of doing live video. <clears throat> if you're interested in having, you know, like doing social media across the spectrum, like not just Facebook, but YouTube, um, putting on your blog, doing a podcast, doing LinkedIn, you know, sort of all these different platforms. Let, Facebook Live is a really good place to start. And you can create a system for taking a Facebook Live video and then repurposing it to these other platforms where you also want to be. And so the short answer is, it's a really good idea. And I'm gonna explain the steps of how this can work. So for instance, uh, you can take a video and you know, download it from Facebook Live or if you, depending on what app you're using, like on Zoom, Zoom will record this video. So now we have a video file that we can take and we can repurpose it by adding a branded introduction that was recorded previously and a branded extra or outro at the end, which has maybe a call to action on it. And I can take the original video and hand it off to my virtual editor, my editor assistant, and say, hey, here's the video I just made in the last 10 minutes. Take this and run with it. And so that person will help me by putting on the beginning and the ending, which we've already made. And they just sort of bolted on in the editing suite. And then they take that video, the new video, the polished video, and they upload it over to YouTube. And now I have a YouTube channel. I'll put in a description. I'll optimize it with tags and a good title and all that kind of stuff. So that now I have the search engine of Google in my favor for people looking for the problem that the title says it's going to solve. And when people are looking for that answer to that question, they'll find my video. And so this allows you to take the same content and give it this long, long existence on the online where people are searching for this subject. On Facebook, 24 hours later, your video is down in the feed and it's kind of gone. So you had this really good audience in the beginning, but after 24 hours, it's over. On YouTube, it lasts forever. You can get views for you know, the rest of your life. <laughs> and then you can take that same video and what Scott was wondering is like, oh, should I put it on LinkedIn? And the answer is yes. So take the embed and you can literally just copy the URL and put it into your blog on LinkedIn transcribe the, all the text in the video, get some other virtual assistant who does transcribing for you to turn into a, a written text and post that onto LinkedIn. The same thing you can do is post all of that into your own blog. Now you have a nice blog post with an embedded video. Then write in your email list and say, hey, I just made this video for you. And because you can guarantee that three quarters of the people who are on your email list probably did not see the Facebook Live. Yeah. So send it to your email list and say, hey, I'm answering this question in this video. Go, go check this out. And then people will actually be driven to your blog to read and watch the video there. And then yeah. as you're doing, you can take the audio file and turn it into a podcast. Yeah. Repurposing is the way to go. I'm constantly trying to think about that. Those are great tips. Before we jump into our lightning round, I have one last question, and it is, what kind of mistakes do you see people make with Facebook Live? Anything they should avoid doing <laughs> that will help them have better results? Mm, let's see. Um, well, I think probably, I mean, I already mentioned the one about broadcasting. People treat it as a broadcast rather than as a conversation. And you really, um, you really don't want to do that. Uh, I think another mistake is doing it entirely on their own without support. And like a really good way, a really good way 
to do video is to find a friend who will help you. And even if they can't be with you in the room, have a friend who will always show up and watch. Like you get a friend who also wants to do video. And so you guys are like doing video together, which means that you make a video and your friend watches and they make a video and you watch. And you're always there giving the thumbs up and you're always there commenting with everything and you're always there basically giving moral support. <clears throat> and then you commiserate afterwards about these videos and give each other pointers, kind of like what you're doing, Angela, with the speaker sisterhood in terms of <clears throat> creating a, a bit of a community so that um, people can get together and really learn from each other and support each other in this process. Because frankly, it can be scary. It can be anxiety producing and some little thing can throw you off your game, which will then keep you from continuing. And you don't want that. So the more support you have and the more you have a person saying, oh, don't worry about that. Just think about this kind of thing can really keep you going and can keep that momentum going forward. And uh, for example, I've created a Facebook group where this is what's happening there. And it's a free group. It's called Video Making Mastermind here on Facebook. And anyone can come in there and they can do this. They can start, they can post a video to the group and what they'll get is a bunch of other people chiming in saying, oh, that was great. And have you thought about this? Or if they have a question about something that they're doing, they can ask that question and people will respond and give them tons of help on it. And it's a really, really, really good idea. Yeah. So don't try and do this all by yourself because you don't need to. I love that tip. It's, it is really important to have people around you. And also when you do feel like you've you know, messed up, you can kind of laugh about it and recognize right. that this is just a moment in time and you can keep going. Right. All right, let's jump into our lightning round. There's six quick questions with Brad. Question <laughs> number one, what's the number one piece of advice you have for women who want to become well-known speakers? Hmm. I would say, um, first of all, be yourself. Like completely be yourself. And don't buy into the whole image thing of like, I have to create an image of myself. You don't have to do that. You can just be the person, like really go inside and let that out. Love do that. that most of all. <laughs> yeah. And number two, do you have a personal operating philosophy? And if so, what is it? Um, my operating philosophy is mostly about um, have fun and be playful. <laughs> and make it up as you go along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's the definition of entrepreneurship. <laughs> right. Number three, what advice would you give to your 25-year-old self? Oh, my gosh. Uh, let's see. Be patient. <laughs> it's going to happen anyway. Um, and it's all about the adventure. Like, you know. <laughs> I see why we get along. Um, number four, what advice do you have for your 75-year-old self? Oh, wow. Let's see. Wow, that's a really good question. Um, 75 year old. Uh, well, let's see. Um, keep dancing. <laughs> Whatever you do, do not stop dancing. <laughs> that's good. Number five, if you had to pick one object to represent yourself, what would you pick? Mm, my, um, my scooter, my push scooter, <laughs> which I originally bought for my daughter who at the time was eight years old, but I liked it so much that I, I basically stole it back. <laughs> Why would you pick that? 
Uh, just because it it just represents a side of me that would like would rather um, take you know enjoy the ride than than get there fast. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, number six, what um, what does it mean to you to claim the stage? Hmm. What is it? Well, that's really good too. I think to claim the stage is it's all around connection. Like if you can really engage and connect with and respond to whoever it is that you're in front of. Um, that's about as, the best kind of claim you can make, I think, when you're on a stage. Mm -hmm. And is there anything you'd like to share with my audience, like any offers or events? Yeah, about? sure. Well, I mentioned it. I'm doing a free training like this week, and it's not too late to jump in. Uh, today is only the second day, and all the stuff is, the replays are all there. So it's called Go Live and Thrive. And anybody who wants that can write thrive in the comments and if you're listening instead of watching you can go to go live and thrive.com and get in on all of that it's it's a it's a four-day short videos and it's much more of this kind of material about how do you go live and how do you do it in a way that will actually connect with and engage people that want to come and work with you Perfect. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today, Brad. It was great to learn more about Facebook Live and hear more of your story and just learn more about how we can get out there more as speakers and entrepreneurs, because that's a big part of what helps us to, to thrive. <laughs> <laughs> great. Thanks for having me. I'll see thanks. You. Yeah. Bye. There you have it. My interview with Brad Powell. Love him. I love his energy. I love how kind he is and how easy his, his advice is to follow and that he really takes a lot of the complications out of doing this kind of marketing. It can be fun. And if you do friend me on Facebook, you'll see some of my recent videos. I have one of me with a couple friends doing cartwheels. There's another video of me opening the box containing the new curriculum for the first time ever and I'm doing it in my pajamas on my front porch. There's a lot of different ways you can use this medium and make it fun for your viewers to engage with and watch and there's really no wrong way to do it. You know, it's just a fun thing. So I hope you will try it out and I hope you've learned something here today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please think about leaving a review on iTunes. It only takes a minute and if you do, I will be your best friend forever. We'll even maybe get best friend necklaces, which is one of my favorite things on the planet. <laughs> and that does it for me this week, you guys. I hope that you are all doing well. And please feel free to shoot me an email if you have any questions about the podcast or if you'd like to share your own ideas for upcoming guests or topics. Email me at Angela at speakersisterhood.com. All right. You know what I'm going to say next? As always, stop waiting, start creating. We'll see you next time.